0: Hey guys, welcome to the sixth episode of What the Buff with your host, Tessa. On this episode, we have a special guest, Joe Dana, a Buffalo native as well as a Canisius grad who currently lives in New York City and works for Superbia, the first LGBTQ credit union. Let's get this thing started. I just wanted to let everyone know, Noah couldn't make it on this episode, but he sends his best. Welcome to What the Buff, Joe. Thank you for stopping by to be on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Tessa. It's awesome to be here.
0: So, have you been enjoying your few days in Buffalo?
1: I have been enjoying my few days in Buffalo. It uh, It's always a whirlwind of trying to see everybody you want to see, do everything you want to do, eat all the food you want to eat drink all the beer you want to drink, and really just get to uh, enjoy the time here. And it's just, it's never enough time.
0: Yeah, have you done any fun things while you're here?
1: I have done uh, some fun things while, I, while I've been here. I um, I grew up in Lockport, so about 35 minutes, 40 minutes from the city, and uh, I met my mom. My mom picked me up from the airport, uh, which it's always, no matter how many times I come uh, to Buffalo a year, it's always very exciting. Uh, to land and be back in the Buffalo Airport and I feel like you know there's this one section of the airport where they're always playing Goo Goo Dolls music I don't know if uh, anybody's ever experienced that but it's always like this very warm welcome uh, coming down that uh, sort of walkway there listening to the Goo Goo Dolls looking out at uh, uh, the buildings across from the airport I used to work uh, in one of them for uh, a company called NRG that was right across from the airport. so it's always just kind of all of this nostalgia that rushes rushes in uh, every time I get I, I get back in Buffalo.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so I wanted to just hear a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Buffalo since you mentioned you grew up in Lockport.
1: Well, growing up close uh, close to Buffalo was always really exciting. So I would say starting you know, Even in high school, I would come up for uh, different concerts and shows. Uh, There's a couple bands uh, from Lockport that uh, were, you know, friends of friends that always had shows up, you know, at at different venues here, whether it was at the Mohawk Place or... uh, Oh, I think the Trellf, it used to be called. Uh, Just coming up here and and kind of this this city escape from, you know, the small town and Buffalo, I remember just thinking was the the biggest, uh, felt like the biggest city in the world. And I was always, even remember being intimidated uh, uh, to sort of come up here. But I always loved the city. And, um, you know, as I got into later high school, really, really looked forward to, moving here to uh, go to uh, to come to Canisius and uh um from there yeah i spent 4 years here uh, at Canisius i lived the first year in the freshman dorms here on campus and then 3 years after that sort of in this neighborhood Hamlin Park i think they call
0: it yeah or, yeah, yeah Hamlin Park
1: and <laughs> Hamlin Park and uh i loved um you know i had Uh, an apartment with three roommates and then two, five or six person houses, like all in in this neighborhood. And then uh, after I graduated from here, I spent two years living in the Elmwood Village, uh, which was just an incredible experience.
0: So when you graduated from Kenesha's in 2012, Buffalo has changed like a lot in terms of the revitalization of it. So what When you were at Kenesha's, what did you do for fun?
1: Well, oh, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, You know, earlier uh, in sort of, I would say, the freshman, sophomore years, it was a lot of, um, you know, uh, socializing, going to people's apartments and houses for parties, or uh, getting together, going, you know, I was in a soccer, I think I was in a club, like on a club soccer team, but No, it was definitely like some sort of league. It couldn't have been anything that I would have had to have been qualified for because I was a horrible soccer player. Uh, And uh, (laughs) just kind of meeting up with, meeting new friends and, uh, you know, went and saw a lot of music, a lot of Canadian bands that would would come down. I remember uh, Sam Roberts being one of them um, and seeing them at Town Ballroom. Uh, Anytime they had a show there, a bunch of us would get together and go and, um, kind of experiencing what Buffalo had to offer, going to things, events like the world's largest disco, a fundraiser that uh, raises money for Camp Good Days, and it's also just an incredible, incredible event. Um, and yeah, just exploring, uh, you know, Allen, Allentown, and the Elmwood Village, and walking around uh, sort of the different shops and I remember thinking that it was crazy that I could just go on Elmwood and get sushi because there was no place to get sushi in Lockport and um, just sort of settling into uh, a metropolitan uh, environment.
0: So did you find um, that there was a lot to do in Buffalo? Because I feel like now in 2020 there has been a lot of new restaurants and local businesses opening up and I feel like in 2012 it was sort of at the stage of construction and just building up.
1: Yeah it's it is amazing to see the development I mean especially even since I left I moved so I graduated in 2012 and then I moved in 2014 and every time I come back I mean the resurgence of development has been incredible. Um, I did feel like there was a lot to do just because I was still so um, I was still so excited just to you know be able to go to Spot Coffee and be able to uh, check out you know the gay bars on on Allen. and I was coming out of the closet at the time that I was ending I guess my. Uh, as I was ending school here at Canisius, so I was kind of a junior, senior, was coming out to my friends here, was really starting to discover the gay community outside of Canisius but in Buffalo, which is, is a very uh, an incredible community, and um, was really, really loving uh, everything that Buffalo had to offer. But every time I come home uh, or back to Buffalo to visit now, I just see, you know, whether it's restaurants or, you know, all that development around like Maine and Allen and, <clears throat> That is just comp- like a completely different uh, world than than when I was here. And I'm hoping, you know, people do appreciate when they come here, just how much it really has to offer and, uh, and really take the time to kind of explore, yeah, just all the different wonderful parts of Buffalo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Buffalo is really on the rise right now. And it's yeah. cool that you, cause you now live in New York City and yeah. you probably have a different perspective from living in New York to um, seeing Buffalo and the growth of it.
1: For sure. And and as Buffalo grows, I mean, it's starting to build out these sort of different areas and neighborhoods the way that I feel like, you know, in many ways that uh, New York kind of has this feel where depending on what type of, you know, whether it's what type of office environment you would like or what type of night, you know, out in the city you want to have, there are sort of now. Uh, these expanding options. You don't have to just go uh, out on Chippewa, right? You, you you have options. You could go hang out at a bar, uh, you know, somewhere on Elmwood and, and play darts and play pool or you could go see live music on, you know, at, at Hardware on Allen or, um, you know, I feel like North Buffalo has really uh, just grown and expanded. Um, you can go get Lloyd's; it seems like almost any or Lloyd, uh, <laughs> almost anywhere in the city at any time, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, and and it's I think definitely starting to feel like there's really something for everyone. You know, depending on on what you're looking for. Uh, I had a meeting with a company, a digital marketing company, scale down. Um, Trying to think, where they're down where chefs. Uh, that part as that so, is it's not quite near so, Larkin, I think. Okay, Larkin. Yeah. yeah, that's what. Yeah, that whole Larkin district is yeah. blown up. And with the uh, food truck roundup. Food truck or, Tuesdays. Or food truck yeah, Tuesdays, that's really, really incredible, and it just is like a, It's really exciting to see uh, this this kind of, uh, I would say, community um, and energy uh, coming coming to the city. It's awesome.
0: So you moved to New York in 2014.
1: And 20 September 1st 2014
0: yep okay awesome so what was the process like from moving to Buffalo New York to the big city of New York
1: it was absolutely wild uh, I love that question Tessa uh, it you know so I knew I had wanted to move to New York for a while um, <clears throat> and was getting my experience in Buffalo and it had been... About two years that I was working in the city and enjoying living in Elmwood Village, and but I had my sights uh, set on New York without a doubt. And so I was pretty much applying to any, every and any job that was uh, posted in the city that uh, I felt I was qualified for. I also applied for the ones that I was not qualified for at all, but I felt it was a numbers game. So if I could get as many applications out there as possible, that uh, would. Help my cause, so I was regularly driving, uh, you know, driving down to down. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, driving down <laughs> to the city, uh, or, or flying when I could afford it, or taking the train, or getting on a megabus to come for you know to to get to New York for job interviews, and then you'd get one or two rounds through interviews, and then you wouldn't get a job, and it was very discouraging. But I really uh, stayed focused, and finally. Uh, caught a break when I had a friend that was teaching at an elementary school and uh, said that there was a position as a second grade teacher's aide, and they needed to fill the position as soon as possible. So I went, I interviewed, I drove all the way back to Buffalo, and they called me and said, can you be here in five days? I said yes. Like, without even thinking about it, I said yes. Oh so my I had goodness. to turn around, sell my car, which I sold... <laughs> for way less than I should have just because I needed to get the money and I needed to, you know, uh, get myself to the city. I sold all everything I had. I moved out of my apartment, and I packed a duffel bag and a backpack, and my mom and my grandma took me to the airport. (laughs) And within five days, I was off to New York, and I crashed in Brooklyn with – It was a friend of my cousin's, a friend of mine, um, but she, you know, she was a musician. She had this place in Brooklyn. I was crashing on their couch, and it kind of, that began what was, it has been so far an incredible uh, adventure in New York.
0: That's amazing. I've heard a lot, like, not a lot, I've heard a few other stories of people and their experience coming to New York, and it seems like they just are destined to be there, and they go off the wind and just crash on someone's couch and try to find a job because they just know that's the place that they were meant to be and it's interesting how that's sort of like your story too where you just knew you needed to be there and you were willing to do anything
1: it's it is without a doubt uh it is this unexplainable drive and passion to be there um and and to just be a part of it it's it's an incredible energy when you do get there, that some, some days is the only thing that gets you through because it, it can be very stressful. You know, uh, there was, a, I'd say, the first month and a half, two months that I was there, I was crashing at two different apartments on couches. Uh, these apartments were not close together, so it would be these little things. Like, you'd have a very long, stressful day in public transit, you know, learning. Uh, I was learning a new job. I was working, working 12, 14-hour days, uh, learning to sort of navigate the city and figuring out things that, like, grocery shopping becomes, like, a CrossFit workout that you'd never imagine because <laughs> trying to schlep groceries, you know, uh, back to the apartment, uh, I just had I, I had to learn a whole new way of life because it wasn't like going to Wegmans with my car, loading up for a week and a half of work, you know, worth of uh, groceries and, and and having it all of that bringing back. It was like, okay, do I want this gallon of milk or do I want this watermelon? I'm not Getting both, you know, and just little things like that or figuring out how to do laundry. And, again, uh, the the apartments I lived in didn't have laundry in the building, so I had to use these two huge IKEA bags that I would kind of strap to my back and have to haul to a laundromat that was, you know, three, four blocks away. And um, it just became a new way of living that, uh, while it was very stressful, uh, it just was— it was exciting, it was motivating, you felt anything was possible and potential was, um, you know, uh, unlimited. And uh, the people that you meet, uh, there's kind of, there is a shared energy around uh, people in that same boat. And so uh, what I love about New York is at any time, depending on how you're feeling, there's part of the city that um, you can kind of go to to sort of really experience and feel that feeling. So uh, to be more specific, you know, if I'm very motivated and feel like uh, I want to listen to some music and walk the Brooklyn Bridge and and sort of re-energize myself around why I'm there, I I have this beautiful view of the city and uh, I'm able to reflect on, on sort of why I'm there, if I'm feeling uh, nostalgic, or for like homesick, or I want to do some writing or something. I can go sit in Central Park, and there's just always sort of these different uh, places to go and people to meet. And uh, I love the progress and the motivation of uh, of of a lot of the people that that I've met.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't live in New York, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> but hopefully, but hopefully, it has a yeah. I love I, I love, love New yeah. York so.
0: Um, And whenever I'm there, I do feel like this special kind of feeling that I don't feel like anywhere else. And I think it's in terms of like the people that are there, they're there because they love it. And they're passionate for whatever thing they drive towards. And there's just so many different paths you can go when you're in New York. And I was just there recently and I... Was I just had this energy that I felt and loved, and when I came back, I was sad that <laughs> I wasn't there. And and it's cool because there's it's just cool because I also like whenever I come back, I have this different perspective of um, my life and where I want to go. And I just think New York is just a great city. So I uh,
1: I totally I couldn't agree with you more. I and I I know what you mean about it. It isn't like an undescribable feeling in many ways. Uh, this energy, I do feel it's like you're all in it together in a way. And I, so t- so often I think that people will say, you know, well, New Yorkers are so rude. And I've actually, I mean, I've found quite a number of examples to the opposite of that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the subway and, you know, I see a woman with a stroller, a father with a stroller that are, they're trying to... Uh, Go up a flight of stairs and somebody just runs up and, and grabs the other without even asking, you know, and grabs the other wheel and, and, and helps stuff them up. Or somebody that's, you know, uh, fallen on the street and two, three people that run over to kind of help make sure they're okay, get them up. Uh, and somebody that needs assistance, like crossing a street. Just, I do feel the sense of community that is a little bit of we're all in this together. I've been uh, trapped on a subway under the East River twice, oh uh, between <laughs> when I lived in Brooklyn and I was commuting all the way to the Upper West Side to go to Columbia and uh, was on the L train, which has famously had many uh, mechanical issues since uh, Hurricane Sandy that they just have not, uh, I mean, they, they are addressing as best they can, I'm sure, but uh, that it did cause a couple times to be trapped literally for over an hour under the East River in a dark, Crowded subway, wow. and you really <laughs> learned a sense of community very quick. I'm just like, you know, I I, I think uh, just go into a default mode of uh, over-optimism, which I think got a couple people through because <laughs> there was, uh, you know, a few people that, I mean, it, it's terrifying you're on a crowded subway, and then you have to sort of evacuate off the back of it, which was uh, something that I certainly uh, had never experienced, um, but was really wonderful to see the community sort of come around uh, and and sort of all work together to to make you know a safe exit off there kind of happen.
0: Yeah, that's a wild story. Yeah, yeah. I can't. But everyone is safe. Correct? Everyone was safe. And that's actually good. I, Yeah,
1: I was with my friend at the time. Who she was like, uh, if there's a stampede, I just want you to know that your <laughs> friendship meant a lot to me. <laughs>
0: that's so funny. Oh my god! Everyone,
1: there was no stampede. <laughs>
0: yeah, and no, what's crazy? Is I agree with you because I tell people like because New York is yeah like no one people are rude and stuff and they're going places and they you don't want to be in their way but I've had yeah the opposite too where I feel like I've had a lot of people that are nice to me and like or I've seen people that are nice to other people's like I know that there was this older man in a wheelchair and um his wife was pushing him and then they hit a like a stone or a rock and it, the whole wheelchair like dropped. And this was like in the middle of Times Square. And then everyone just came to help him. Yeah. And it's just crazy, like how the stereotype is that people are known to be. Right. Mean. I mean,
1: I know. And I mean, and of course, you can see examples of people being mean, but you can, it's kind of uh, you can see examples of, of all, you know, sort of walks of life. And I think that's been one huge piece of my love for that city is uh, as a, a gay man being able to go and completely be myself Unin, uninhibited by any worry of, of being judged or, or being sort of gawked at. I mean, it is truly uh, uh, come as you are, be, be comfortable, find yourself, and whoever, however that may be that day. I've walked that city in size 15 white uh, stiletto pumps uh, in an outfit that I wore for Halloween, and nobody batted an eye. I mean, it just is uh, the, an incredible place where... I think that I've been able to really come into my own and do things like paint this gold glitter nail that I, that I have here and uh, really just uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, enjoy the comfort of the diversity and, and the culture and, um, and, 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 and yeah, the, the self-exploration
0: yeah if anyone has not visited New York City they should visit it <laughs> yeah, and
1: are always welcome to look me up it was wonderful to have Tessa come and and visit uh, uh the office and um we're always yeah if anyone wants to come I'm just gonna throw this out there you have a free place to stay
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's a great transition so yeah. <laughs> now you work at a great company called Superbia. Can you tell me a little bit more about the company and what you do there?
1: Of course. Uh, so Superbia uh, was founded and started uh, by my husband, uh, Miles Myers, who is an absolute uh, just motivating uh, force behind making some real change in, you know, benefit of the LGBTQ community. But I'd say just the, the greater, you know, community um, and he started working on the Superbia uh, uh, credit union, I would say three, maybe almost four years ago. And so it was actually on our first date, uh, that the, you know, he, I, we had met on Tinder <laughs> and, uh. Uh, he came in, I didn't know exactly what he did, but he was very handsome and he seemed uh, very sweet in our in our sort of texting, so I thought, you know, let's, this is, let's give this a go, and he came in, and sat down, we're getting to, get to know each other, and he says, um, you know, I asked him what he does, he's like, well, I'm in uh, financial services, I'm like, oh, okay, right, like a <laughs> trader on Wall Street or something, great, I'm out <laughs> of here. He's like, I'm actually starting the first ever credit union for the LGBTQ community. And I fell in love. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is an amazing! What an incredible, uh, you know, what an incredible thing to be doing with your life!" And uh, so from there, uh, I was, you know, we were dating. And uh, as the business really picked up momentum, I would take on different pieces of, of work to just just to help him. You know, whether it was data entry or kind of more, I would say on the on the admin. Uh, side of things, uh, just to do whatever I could to help. I believed in him, I believed in uh, the mission, and um, yeah, just started helping however I could. I came on more formally, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, um, and started working uh, sort of as an organizational manager to the company, and then really settling into the position I have now, uh, which is the Director of Community Relations and Engagement. Uh, it's been an absolute incredible experience to work towards a mission that that I believe in, and in working for something that I really believe uh, is going to make such a difference in the world, and is going to provide opportunities to members of the community and our allies. Uh, but to really, really look at the discrimination that uh, LGBTQ community members still face in banking in uh, insurance um, and and do something about that to be able to not have to take on um, the the burden that comes with with that kind of discrimination.
0: Yeah, and I don't like. I think it's crazy that the discrimination still happens and exists, and I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. Yeah. And I think it's an important topic and issue that people should be aware of. So I think that's great. That superbia is like putting, shedding a light on that, yeah. because I think people just don't really realize what's going on that's being swept under the rug.
1: Well, and to give you a couple good examples, uh, so, so uh, with starting with the Superbia Credit Union, that is uh, actually one of, I would say, three major areas that we are gonna be working in that all fall under our uh, sort of parent company, if you will, uh, Superbia Services, Inc. So that's sort of the umbrella company that would have the vertical of the Superbia Credit Union. Underneath it, we'll have uh, Superbia Insurance, health insurance, life insurance, and then uh, sort of wealth management. Uh, re- you know, thinking forward through like credit counseling or retirement and, and putting together budgets and and financial planning uh, for members of the community. Um, when one huge, just where where you really see discrimination and the way that it's uh, the way that it kind of can hide itself in things like insurance. For example, if anybody is familiar with uh, PrEP or Truvada is a uh, prescription that that you can take that uh, prevents the spread of HIV. And insurance companies will charge this, you know, an LGBTQ uh, community member, they will charge a higher premium and or deny their claim for insurance if they are on PrEP or this Truvada because they are deemed a more at-risk person to insure. That does not make any sense. (laughs) That if you are on that medicine, you are actively making yourself less at risk from, from a horrible health you know, risk. And it, it's, it's these kind of examples that, that can hide themselves, but that are really um, what we're here to eradicate.
0: Yeah, that's insane that that happens. So what does superbia mean?
1: Superbia actually means pride in Latin.
0: Okay, yes. that's cool.
1: Yeah, well, and that was one thing, you know, early on, uh, I, Miles would talk to me about, you know, I don't know if we're gonna keep the name, and he made the joke that one of his kids was like Superbia. Ask your doctor today, but you know, it almost has <laughs> this kind of, uh, you know, pharmaceutical ring to it or something. Like it's like one of these companies, but it's actually kind of stuck, and uh, we have, I mean, we've just come to to love it. I mean, especially with the amount of work that Miles uh, does and that you know that I'm doing with the company we live and breathe Superbia and it's I absolutely feel uh, incredibly lucky to have the opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah that's amazing. So when do you plan to open the digital doors for Superbia?
1: So we are hoping for originally we were hoping for this June uh, to launch uh, sort of within Pride Month and do some promotional uh, things with pride um, but we're actually that date is getting pushed back a little bit we're thinking it's going to be sometime maybe in August and there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of factors that go into that um, it's kind of a sliding scale and we want to make sure that that we're ready to handle you know on our on the back end um, volume depending on you know how many people do sign up and you um, uh, yeah, just want to make sure that we're ready to offer everything that the community is looking for.
0: Okay, do you have a target or expected number of customers that you think you're going to get?
1: Um, that I will be very honest would be a really good question for Miles. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I, I, you know, I um, I have a couple ideas, but I don't even I don't want to uh, to throw to throw them out there and and be and uh, correct at this time. So I would have to say um, if anyone wants to follow up with me, I can provide my email at the end of the show to, uh, and could definitely follow up with uh, some specifics there.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Superbia got approved by their charter in Michigan.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Michigan holds the charter, which is the license uh, for yeah. <laughs> for the credit union. Okay. So it, it it can be very confusing. Um. But so it's so they so Michigan does hold the license. They hold the charter. But we are our field of membership is national. So my cousins, you know, in Louisiana, could sign up the same way that somebody in California or us up here in New York or it'll be uh yeah across across the country.
0: And it's not international but national national okay yeah
1: not yeah not international yet but you know the the who knows the, the sky's the limit but uh we've actually i think there have been inquiries from um some actually public officials in canada for sure um as well as in the uk but uh i don't think we're you know we're not in a position uh to think about Uh, franchising, if you will, Um, but right now we're really, really focused on on getting uh, things up and ready for here in the US to start.
0: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And how can people like um, get to know like the company and the values and sign up to... That's a
1: great question, Tessa. Well, uh, you could actually check out the website uh, uh, SuperbiaServices.com And uh, you can actually sign up right now to be on the waiting list, so that uh, as soon as we do open, uh, you you already be signed up uh, and sort of ready ready to go. We have uh, I want to say maybe could be wrong about this. We're gonna have to fact check these numbers, (laughs) but around thirteen hundred people have already signed up, and uh, we actually issued a survey out to uh, the. Uh, members in waiting that have, have signed up, um, uh, issued yeah, a survey, seeing what services exactly they'd like to see. And um, I'd say within a day, 30% of, of those uh, of those waiting had responded looking for services that Superior will absolutely provide. Things like a checking account, savings account, uh, you know, credit debit card. Um, so it's, it's really been just exciting. T- without any real uh promotion marketing advertising efforts on our end people have found the website and uh you know thought enough of it to sign up and are really excited uh for Superbia to uh to open its doors
0: yeah that's amazing and when you guys got approved for the charter um you received a lot of buzz from abc news the guardian forbes bloomberg they all wrote articles about superbia. Were you expecting that buzz?
1: We were not. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was probably, and I apologize if I get a little emotional, but that was probably one of the uh, most amazing experiences of my life. Uh, it was a beautiful milestone in that we had been working so hard. Uh, we had submitted the application uh, for the charter about eight or nine months before that uh, Actually, on National Coming Out Day, uh, which was seemed purposeful, but it was actually just by coincidence. Uh, but um, and in that eight or nine months that we were waiting, uh, you know, for the approval on the charter, there was just a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, you know, working with the regulator to make sure um, that we were prepared uh, to take this responsibility and and to and to really make sure that everything uh, was was ready was ready to go and so when that f- approval came in you know it was um i just it was it was absolutely incredible we excuse me uh went to michigan for the signing and we were you know in the room the room was completely silent while miles actually uh signed the charter and i was holding back my gasping tears that a woman had you know she let her put her <laughs> hand on my shoulder she's like it's it's okay you know And but it was it was this milestone that we had Uh, Both worked so hard to get. It was an achievement for the community. It was an achievement for, you know, uh, the advancement and excitement. And it was also a launch pad into realizing we still had a lot of work to do. And um, what had happened was, uh, I think a paper out of Detroit had wrote um, an article about uh, about the signing and about it being the first in the world. And um, from there, it just, it was publication after publication, just kept picking it up. And by the time we had, uh, gone back to New York later that afternoon, we were sitting in the office and, um, it was just kind of this Googling over and over superior credit union. And each time a new, uh, a new, um, outlet or a new, you know, uh, website or uh, publication had picked it up. And i back and forth. Miles and I were just in tears crying and trying to call our family and it just was really amazing and it's without a doubt uh, I would say a testament to how hard Miles has really been working and how hard I've been uh, you know uh, also working for Superbia, but really just the somebody said it very well that uh, no one would chew through a wall more than Miles to get this done. I mean the things he has Uh, sacrificed uh, to do this for the community uh, has been incredible. And all along the way, I've seen many opportunities for him to take, I would say, an easier, not an easier way out, but uh, sort of like there's been opportunities to compromise the value in the mission by getting it done faster, and he has absolutely stayed steadfast in making sure that the mission comes first and that there would never be an opportunity uh, for somebody to come in and, uh, let's say, you know, shut Superbia down or or just sort of has never taken the easy way out to to get it done faster and rather just reinforced that it will be done uh, the way he... Uh, believes that it should be and it just I have all the respect in the world uh, for him and I'm happy to give all of our life to you know uh, making this this a reality for the community.
0: Yeah wow that sounds Um, like a beautiful moment and it's sounds like it's been quite the journey and it's continuing on.
1: Yes it it definitely is yeah there's going to be a lot of exciting things uh, on the way.
0: Well, I'm excited to see it happen. Um, so I had one more question that of course I want to ask you, so let's say you're doing a TED talk. yes, and you have to make three points about superbia mm. what would they be?
1: They would be let me think the three like that the mission to eradicate discrimination is and Starting with in banking by the by having the credit union in place uh, is absolutely um, vital to the yeah eradication of discrimination in banking. Uh, I would say that it's not Miles that is doing this. It is not myself that is is doing this. And when I say that, that's movement. Uh, it is not even Superbia that is uh, initiating this movement, it is the community that will make this change. Uh, And it is just the Superbia being the vehicle, if you will, uh, to sort of get there, just whatever we can do to share resources, to share information, to get uh, things out there for the community uh, to make the change. Um, uh, And third would be that it just was hard to believe that this didn't already exist and that now is absolutely the time. Uh, you know, we've seen when, when Miles began Superbia, it was almost in response to a radical acceptance that the community was experiencing. You know, when Superbia began, Obama was in office. Oh, my goodness, what a wonderful time that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... It seemed like, you know, I mean, gay marriage was legalized. There was all of these, uh, there was all of these advancements and sort of benefits to the community we were seeing. And it has gone, there's been a shift in, you know, obviously with the changing administration that this has become almost a, Defense to the rollback in in rights that we're seeing for the community. I mean, you look at things like the uh, ban of uh, transgender individuals in the military, which is it's just absolutely terrifying to now see um, just human rights being uh, rolled back and taken away from members of our community. So I would say that superbia has now been a just force and uh, a in defense of of you know keeping people from our community safe and giving them the human rights that they deserve.
0: Wow. And those are my
1: stumbly three TED Talk points. Well, those are great (laughs) points.
0: I really, I would attend the TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, thank you so much, Joe, for being on this week's episode. Make sure to check out this amazing company. You can go to SuperbiaServices.com and keep an eye out for the opening date of Superbia to be announced. Thank you also to everyone for listening to this week's episode. Check out our other episodes by searching GriffCast on all podcast platforms. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks, Tessa.